This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Hello and welcome to War Horses, the only college equestrian podcast that is going to do this whole episode without a script. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Let's talk about some college equestrian. So yes, uh, we had a great big weekend of tons and tons of equestrian action going on, and I did not have time to write a script. Well, I, I had time, I just did not make time. So yeah, this is on me. But you know what? I might not need one. I didn't need one last time, and people still listen to it, so we'll see how this goes. So basically, what we're going to do first is, uh, same as usual, we are going to do some meat recaps. 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 So we had a Tuesday meet this past week. Uh, That's a bit unusual. Uh, It was kind of a makeup meet. UT Martin went up to South Dakota State and they rode against each other. So now let's talk about it. Uh, In this one, I felt like UT Martin was probably going to win, even though this was uh, at South Dakota State. I kind of felt like the Skyhawks would still take this one. Here's how it went. In fences, that went 3-2 for UT Martin. Uh, Flat went 4-1 for UT Martin. They have a pretty good flat team over there. So yeah, they did well. Then they won horsemanship three to two as well but the jackrabbits did win reigning four to one so good job to south dakota state there but that meant that the overall total uh was actually kind of close it got close with those big reigning points there um it was an 11 to 9 win for ut martin really good day for both teams here good road victory for ut martin but uh, a good home showing for for the Jackrabbits. Moving right along, we're now going to go into Thursday's action, where we had number one SMU going on the road to Baylor. So with SMU, they're not going to have a uh, conference tournament this postseason. They're just going to take time off and get ready for the national championship tournament. So it puts them at a bit of a disadvantage compared to the teams that have a conference tournament to get those extra wins and really impress the, um, the the selection committee. So for SMU, this is kind of like their postseason right here. So it started off against Baylor. They went on the road. Again, road uh, meets are kind of tough. And let's see how this one went. So with fences, that went three to nothing for SMU. Had a couple of ties there, so good start there for the Mustangs. Then in the flat, it went four to one for Baylor. Baylor has a pretty good flat team, apparently. So yeah, um, that evened things out there. And then we had horsemanship. Again, I've been telling you forever that SMU has a really good horsemanship squad. They showed it. Um, they won 4-1 to one against Baylor there. And then in reigning, it went 3-2 to two for Baylor, but that was not quite enough. That still gave the overall meet to SMU by a score of 10-8. to eight. This was a big win for the Mustangs, going on the road, getting a a victory here. It uh, will probably keep them in first place above TCU and Auburn, who are right below them, and it was a good showing. So the Mustangs have to continue to do this. I think they've got another um, uh, meet coming up here next week, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. But right now, they did exactly what they needed. For Baylor, it would have been great if they could have gotten the upset. It would have um, basically guaranteed they were going to make it into the postseason uh, play playoffs if they had done it but they did not do it so now things are a little a little worrisome for Baylor um, we'll talk more about that later here um, after we do all of our meet recaps but moving right along that was all of our action on Thursday so we now go into Friday on Friday we finally got our first look at a newcomer to the NCEA 
Barry College. Now, uh, Barry, back in the summer, they announced they were going to be joining the NCA, NCEA, and uh, they said they were going to come in as a dual discipline team, and they may still do that, but right now they're only riding against single discipline uh, schools. And so let's see how the, this went. They were matching up against Sweetbriar, and of course Sweetbriar's tough. They had just beaten uh, Lynchburg a couple of weeks back, so how is Barry going to do against them? Well, the answer is pretty good. This was a four-on-four meet, um, and so Barry uh, took two points in fences, and Sweetbriar took two points. And then in the flat, uh, Sweetbriar got two points, and Barry just got one. So there was a tie there. So that meant the overall score was 4-3 to three for Sweetbriar. A pretty close victory, but they did win. Um, but yeah, Barry looked really good in that. So good job for Barry. Moving all right along, uh, UC Davis hosting Oklahoma State. This is another one of those um, meets where this is a uh, non-conference meet, but it's a chance for UC Davis to really improve their resume. Um, They're kind of uh, in the number nine or number 10 position, trying to get into those top eight. They really need another big marquee win to impress the, the rankings people. Oklahoma State, for them, this is really about um, uh, going on the road, getting a road victory, proving that they can do it, and just kind of hopefully improving their standing nationally as well. But they're not really worried about making it into the playoffs. They're just trying to get a better seed. So let's see how this one went. Here in Fences, this one went 3-2 to two for Oklahoma State. So there the, the visitors get that one, the best of that event. In flat, Three to two again. Oklahoma State wins that one. So on the jumping seat, they did pretty well. Six to four. Over on horsemanship, it got even better for Oklahoma State. They won that one four to one. And then in reigning, they won it three to two. So the visitors uh, had most of the points in every event, and it's really tough to lose a meet when that happens. In fact, it's statistically impossible. So Oklahoma State gets the victory here by a score of 13 to seven. So pretty good uh, uh, meet for UC Davis. They would have liked to have gotten the win. And I tell you, if they had gotten the win, oh boy, this really would have gone a long way to towards impressing the selection committee. Now that they didn't get it, there's really not going to be a lot of opportunity for them to make a big splash and they probably won't get into the um into the top eight for the for the national championship tournament i mean they still have the ecac tournament that they could impress uh the voters but frankly man the teams in front of them aren't going to do too badly and so and they're actually the two teams that are in front of them are going to play each other so one of them will win so it's it's really tough for uc davis they really needed to get this win if they wanted to make it to ocala so Conversely, for Oklahoma State, this was another big win for them. Um, It impresses the voters. It shows that, hey, they can go on the road against a tough opponent and get a win. And, And yeah, good job, Cowgirls. This is exactly what you needed to do. Moving right along, we now have a big uh, SEC meet. I was actually at this one. This was South Carolina at Auburn. This one was nice, and I actually wrote a nice little Sports Illustrated article about this one. Uh, It was Senior Day. In fact, yeah, you've got lots of Senior Days going on uh, this time of year at the various places. Uh, Same going on over at Auburn. It was really cool to see that happen. Um, With this one, you kind of felt like Auburn was going to match up really well against South Carolina, especially being at home. Auburn, I don't know if you're aware of this, has a uh, very long home winning, winning streak going on right now. It's up to 30 meets. This would have been 31 if they could get the win here. Let's see how the day went for Auburn. 
uh, I think things got started off in the flat, and Auburn won that 4-1, to so really good start. Also, raining was going on over in the Western Ring, and Auburn won that 3-2. to This is actually the, the best matchup that uh, South Carolina had against Auburn was the way the draw went in rainings, and they got two points. So you can tell this is going to be a big day for Auburn. Pretty one-sided at the half. Things got even more one-sided in the second half. With fences, Auburn won that 4-0. to And then in horsemanship, Auburn took that 3-1. to The final score in this was 14-4. to Big day for Auburn. They complete their um, conference uh, season. They complete the entire season for them. Uh, Auburn's going to be number one in the seeds and in the conference tournament. They're going to face uh, South Carolina, who will be number four. So these two teams are going to turn right around and do it again. Only it will be at South Carolina. That'll make a little bit of a difference, give them a little bit of a bump. However, the horses won't be from either of these two teams. It'll be from uh, Texas A&M and Georgia. So when they match up, it'll be kind of like a neutral site meet. And again, you would have to think Auburn would be favored in that, just having so much more talent. We'll see how that goes in a couple of weeks. But for right now, things are looking good for Auburn. They're number two nationally. This is exactly what they needed was to you know protect their home turf. The home winning streak is now 31, exactly what they needed. And for South Carolina, it would have been great to get the upset, but that's probably a little too much in this situation. What South Carolina really needs to focus on now is having a good showing in the conference tournament because South Carolina is one of those teams that's kind of on the bubble. If they don't do really well here in the conference tournament season, they might get bumped out of the top eight. So it's going to be important for them to have a good showing uh, in that in the tournament. So moving right along, we're going to jump over to Saturday now, and uh, Barry College is now headed over to Lynchburg, and they're going to ride the same way they did against Sweetbriar, but now do it against the number one team, Lynchburg. Let's see how this went. Well, went really well for Barry. Again, in fences, it was two to two, just like it had been the previous day, and in flat, instead of three to one, this is now two to two. So this ended up being a tie, and this was very close, but um, Lynchburg did end up winning it in the tiebreaker. Uh, They had 579 points, and Barry had 574. Uh, For you Alabama fans out there, uh, 579 is larger than 574, so the win goes to Lynchburg. But this was, again, a really good showing for Barry. Uh, coming out of nowhere, scoring these points, uh, putting a scare into the top two teams. Uh, Barry's good, y'all. Um, now, it would be interesting to see how Barry would fare if this was a five-on-five. Because, again, these smaller schools, you're not sure how deep they are. If their talent does really extend pretty far into that fifth rider spot, um, we don't know. We'll see, I, I guess, eventually how they do. Because they're, eventually, they're going to ride five-on-five against somebody. This was a good showing, at least in 4-on-4. Four four. Uh, but for Lynchburg, they got the win. That's the important thing. They're probably going to stay number one. But Barry College, I don't know if they're eligible for the postseason in the single discipline this year. I don't. I kind of think they aren't. I don't, I don't think they've ridden enough meets or will have ridden enough meets by the time we get around to April. But who knows? Maybe, maybe they're in the conference tournament and that will count, but I don't know. Anyway, if they are, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. If they're not, well, that's going to be a sigh of relief for everybody else. But just, you know, spoiler alert, Barry is good. Moving right along, we're going to now talk about, uh, let's see, Baylor at TCU. So um, when this was at Baylor in the fall, Baylor pulled the upset and beat TCU. Will that happen again? Well, it's at TCU, and again, being at home is a lot easier than being on the road, especially this season. It just seems to really be a big advantage. Let's see how things went. Fences went 3-1 to one for TCU. 
Flat went three to two for Baylor. Okay, so pretty close there. Horsemanship went three to two for TCU. And then Raining went four to one for TCU. So that's where they kind of pulled away there. And that ended up with the uh, the final score being 12 to seven TCU victory. So good home victory for them. For Baylor, man, it would have been great if they could have gotten a road win. They did not. TCU, uh, but it's a little understandable that Baylor didn't get that road victory because, again, road victories are so hard to come by. But, boy, it sure would be nice if Baylor could pick up a win against somebody here um, at the end of the season. TCU, good job for them. They're probably going to stay up there in the top two or three spots uh, nationally. Good win. So, uh, moving right along, we've got Georgia going on the road at Texas A&M. So with Auburn winning the previous day, not a lot of drama in this one in terms of the SEC standings. If Auburn had lost the day before, then this would have mattered more in terms of the standings because it would have given Texas A&M a shot at finishing first in the SEC. But again, with Auburn winning, that's not technically possible. So this was really just for funsies and to, you know bragging rights because just like Auburn and uh, South Carolina are going to turn right around in the tournament and face one another, these two teams are going to do the same thing no matter what happens here on, on this Saturday. So, But I'll go ahead and tell you what happened because I'm sure you are anxious to know. In fences, that went 4-1 to one for Texas A&M. Now, that's a bit of a surprise because I've, I've been giving Georgia's fences team a lot of credit this year, and boy, they did not show up uh, on Saturday. On the flat, though, uh, that one went 5 to nothing. So their flat team just completely swept. So really good showing for Georgia's flat team. In horsemanship, that went 4-1 to one for Texas A&M. And then in raining, that also went 4-1 to one for Texas A&M. Again, that was the difference maker there, um, and that ended up making the final score a 12-8 to victory for the Aggies. Good home win for Texas A&M. Uh, for Georgia, you know, it would have been nice if they had gotten that win on the road. It would have maybe helped their uh, standings nationally, but as far as the conference standing go, you know, this was a good road uh, meet for them. They didn't get the win, but they sh- they showed that, you know, they can get some points when they need to, and uh, maybe they'll be able to to improve this and do a little bit better when they face on a neutral field here in uh, later on in the month in the SEC tournament. That's kind of where we are there. Our next meet to talk about is Bridgewater going up against Berry College. So when they were both in Lynchburg, uh, Bridgewater squared off against Berry College, and here's how this one went. So Bridgewater uh, in fences, they Bridgewater won three to one, and in flat, Barry won three to one. So that ended up being a four to four tie. Again, we go to a tiebreaker and the uh, totals here, uh, uh, Bridgewater ends up winning it with 551 points and uh, Barry College had 523. Again, Barry is putting, you know, a scare into all these teams, not quite getting a win, but certainly showing that they're, they're very capable. But no, this is a good win for for Bridgewater. I kind of would have thought, uh, you know, they would have lost this considering how well Barry did against the other two teams. But no, good job to the Eagles there to pull out this win over the Vikings. Moving right along. Next, we have Oklahoma State at Fresno State. We saw the Cowgirls the other day. They had gone over to UC Davis. They got that win. Now, this is a conference meet, and we'll see how this one goes. In fences, uh, Oklahoma State won fences 3-2. to two. Okay, good job for them. In the flat, Fresno State won the flat 5 to nothing. So they swept the Cowgirls, and that's what kept this whole meet uh, close. Horsemanship, that one went 4-1 to one for Oklahoma State, so they almost swept. 
And then in reigning, it was a two-to-two split decision there. And that ended up making the entire thing a 10-to-9 victory for Fresno State. The Bulldogs get the upset. It's a home home win, which is a little bit easier, but still, it's a win. This was their um, uh, second impressive win. They, they had beaten Baylor at home in the fall. Well, now they've beaten Oklahoma State. This really helps the Bulldogs out a lot because they were looking to be on the outside of those top eight teams. But with this win, they're now, they're now in contention to get an invite to Ocala. So those were all the meets that we had on Saturday. We had one more meet on Sunday where Lynchburg was going to square off against Bridgewater. Bridgewater was in town. We know that they rode against Barry the day before. They hung around one more day so that they could ride against the host team, Lynchburg. Here's how that one went. Lynchburg won fences 3-1, to one, and the flat was a 2-2 two to two, uh, split. That ended up making the final score a 5-3 to three victory for Lynchburg. We kind of figured Lynchburg being the number one team that they would win this. It was a little closer than probably we expected. This shows that Bridgewater's pretty good, you know. But Barry's pretty good too. I mean, these four teams are are probably the top teams. I think they have supplanted uh, Sewanee, who was, I think, hanging around in third or fourth place in the rankings. Uh, And and again, this is all contingent on whether or not Barry is even considered a legitimate uh, single discipline team. Not sure if they'll be in contention for the going to Ocala, but if they are, then yeah, that the Sewanee, y'all better watch out because uh, Barry is here now. Anyway, so that is all the action that we have to talk about as far as what happened in the weekend. A lot of good action, a lot of good rides. Like I said, they were senior days for all the the host teams there. And uh, yeah, so just a really good day of uh, some or good weekend of equestrian action. So now we're going to take a short break and then we're going to look at the playoff picture and then we're going to talk about the upcoming meets and do some meet previews for next week. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now let's take a second and just talk about each of the teams that are kind of in the running for making it into the postseason and what they kind of have to um, to do to really impress the uh, the voters here. At the top of the of the heap, we have SMU. They are still number one. Like I said, they're not going to have a conference tournament, so they've got one more meet coming up where they're going to host uh, Texas A&M. If they can get that win, they'll probably stay in the number one position no matter what happens over in the SEC or Big 12 tournaments. If they don't get that win, then that really opens the door for either Auburn or TCU to jump over them for that top spot. The next two uh, two teams are Auburn and TCU. Auburn is number two right now. They've uh, won the uh, regular season for the SEC. They're going to be the number one seed and head into that tournament. They will probably get that opening round win against South Carolina, and then they'll face the winner of uh, Texas A&M and Georgia. If Auburn can then win that, um, they'll have another SEC uh, tournament or another SEC title, and I think it'll be their fifth in a row, which is pretty amazing. And maybe that's impressive enough that it could put them over SMU in the national rankings. We'll see. 
TCU, they're now in first place in the uh, Big 12 standings. So once everything finishes up in the conference, they're going to be the number one seed. They're going to face off against, I believe, Fresno State is number four. No, I think Baylor might be number four. Anyway, they're going to face off against one of those teams and probably beat them uh, and then advance to play probably Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State is the um, the host of that tournament. But like I said, they won't use their own horses, but still it'll, it'll give them a little bit of a bump. So if TCU ends up winning the Big 12 tournament, then maybe, you know, they could get up there and get above SMU. We'll see. The next teams to talk about are Texas A&M and Oklahoma State. With Texas A&M, they're about to um, uh, go on the road to face SMU, and if they can pull off the victory there, that's going to do a couple of things. It's almost certainly going to bring SMU below Auburn, maybe below TCU as well, and it might uh, keep the Aggies up in, in, you know, maybe even the Aggies go up a little bit higher. We'll see. For Oklahoma State, they took that loss uh, to Fresno State, so they're probably going to move down maybe a little bit because the voters begrudgingly put them above Georgia, and this would give them an excuse to move them right back down, although Georgia did lose too, so maybe they'll just leave them alone. But if Oklahoma State has a really good conference tournament, then they could slide on up. Georgia is below uh, Oklahoma State. You know, I mean, if Georgia comes out of nowhere and wins the SEC tournament, then they're certainly going to move up. Um, But somewhere in the fourth, fifth, or sixth position is where you're going to see them. So they're not really worried about whether or not they're going to make it to Ocala. It's just really where they're going to be seated. For South Carolina, Baylor, and Fresno State, all three of those teams are basically vying for two spots, those last two spots to get to Ocala. And so the advantage is really for Baylor and Fresno State because they are going to play one another in the, well, most likely they'll ride against one another in the Big 12 tournament, and one of them will have to get a victory. Whereas for South Carolina, they could conceivably lose both of their meets in the SEC tournament. If that were to happen, they might slide below both Baylor and Fresno State and be you know, end up the number nine team, the one team, you know, on the outside looking in. So basically, I think what the voters are going to do is they're going to give one spot to either Baylor or Fresno State. And if South Carolina does well, if they basically get just one more victory, South Carolina is in. If South Carolina does not get in, then you're up to the fickleness of the voters. And frankly, none of us should be uh, uh, really happy about that prospect. So we'll see how that all shakes out. I will say that almost certainly UC Davis, UT Martin, Delaware State, South Dakota State, Minnesota Crooks, and all those teams, you're not going to make it to Ocala. I'm sorry. That's I just have to level with you. UC Davis had a chance. If you could have pulled off the, the upset this weekend, you, you had a, a really good shot at making it in, but now you don't have a real shot. Even if you end up winning your conference tournament, it's not going to be enough to impress people. Sorry. So that's kind of how things go in the dual discipline. Over in the single discipline, again, we're not sure what Barry's status is. We're going to assume they are not part of this. Um, I will say that Lynchburg and Sweetbriar, you guys are in it. You're safe. Sewanee, man, y'all haven't been doing much lately. So that the voters don't like that. The voters have recency bias. So 
I'm almost certain that they're going to move Bridgewater ahead of you guys. So Bridgewater will be the number three team. And then, you, you know, now Sawani is down there with Sacred Heart and uh, Dartmouth and teams like that. And it's like, oh man. So what's going to probably happen is Lynchburg and Sweetbriar are going to get in invitations to Oklahoma. No no doubt about that. Bridgewater is probably going to get one, but what the voters are going to do is they're probably going to wait and just let the conference tournament sort it all out for them. And right now it looks like Bridgewater would get one and then either Sewanee or Sacred Heart or Dartmouth, whoever gets just one win in the conference tournament season, that's probably going to be your fourth team. So that's kind of how uh, everything looks in, if we, as we do our look ahead towards the uh, postseason. Okay, now let's talk about our meat previews. So we only have a couple of meats coming up. We've got one more week before um, we get into the postseason. So the first meet to talk about is Bridgewater College at UT Martin. This will be a single discipline only meet. The uh, Eagles are going to be riding against the Skyhawks. You know, Bridgewater did pretty well this weekend. I don't think they're going to have enough firepower to get uh, the majority of points away from the Skyhawks. I think UT Martin is going to win this one. We've seen UT Martin do pretty well in the uh, jump and seat uh, events um, against uh, most of the teams they face. So I think they'll go ahead and get that win on Friday. Then on Saturday, we've got Lynchburg going over to Oklahoma State. Again, similar situation where you've got the number one single discipline team going up against the number one reigning, well, the reigning national champs of the uh, dual discipline side. And this will be single discipline only. Again, Lynchburg is good, but they're probably not going to get more than a couple of points away from uh, Oklahoma State. I think the Cowgirls are going to win this one. Then our big meat of the week is Texas A&M going on the road to SMU. We've talked about this one some. What this is going to do is, this is actually way more important to SMU than it is to Texas A&M. I mean, it would be nice if Texas A&M did get the road uh, victory, but SMU has to get the win here if they want to stay in the top three, really, nationally. If they were to lose this one here, boy, that would be rough. But it's at home. We've seen how that gives you a big advantage, particularly this year. And I think the Mustangs are going to pull out the victory. It'll probably be a little close, but I think they're going to get this. It'll be senior day for them. I think they're all going to be fired up. I think SMU gets the win and then maintains the number one spot for now. But again, like we said, if Auburn or TCU or maybe Oklahoma State, although pretty much Auburn or TCU, if they have really good conference tournaments, SMU still might get bumped down. We'll see. But those are our three meet previews for this week. And those are the last meets of the regular season. So once that's done, then, you know, we move into the postseason. We start talking about conference tournament. We'll we'll give you more information on that when we get, you know, closer and we're sort of locked in on who all is um, uh, seated where, particularly over in the ECAC. Um, but for right now, uh, yeah, this has been a good regular season had lots of good upsets. Nobody has been undefeated. Everybody has has picked up a um a loss here. So it's uh yeah, it's really wide open and up for grabs for anybody. Oh, one thing I want to talk about here. I've been following along a lot of these meets as they happen and I've started to notice some of the um peculiarities of the different ways that different schools will do their online score sheets and I got to say that whoever is in charge of doing your online score sheet over at UC Davis, you are wonderful. I don't know who you are anonymous score sheet online score sheet manager, but you are just a, a dream. 
And the reason I say that is because unlike every other school in the league, you format the online score sheet with the home team on the right-hand side, which is the, um, the correct formatting for U.S. broadcasting standards. Uh, international standards like soccer, they tend to do where the home team is first. And that's what you see here in the equestrian uh, thing because nobody has ever come out and said, hey, let's have a standard way of doing it. And everybody just kind of does that vanity formatting of putting themselves first. That's really not how you're supposed to do it, at least not in terms of U.S. broadcasting standards. What you're supposed to do is put the home team second or on the right-hand side. And you do that so that when you read the score or when a broadcaster reads the score, they read it as away team at home team. So, for example, I might have a scoreboard pulled up here and I see Bridgewater at Lynchburg. And it's because Bridgewater is first and then Lynchburg is listed second. And that's kind of the, the U.S. standard of doing that. Congratulations to somebody over there at UC Davis. Um, you probably have a background in, uh, in broadcasting. And so you're doing it the right way and everyone else is doing it the wrong way. So hats off to you guys. Um, and I will say your polar opposite is whoever is doing the um, online score sheets for um, Fresno State. Because not only are you putting the home team first, but you are also, for some reason, putting fences below flat which is very confusing when you're trying to go through and doing the pregame matchups uh, predictions because I just, everybody else puts fences first because alphabetically fences is first. And yet you guys have flat first and I don't know why you're doing that. So please stop. Um, but anyway, all that to say, lots of good stuff going on. Um, if you want to keep following along, certainly do that. I, I do the matchup predictions and I will tell you that I was very good this weekend with the number of meets we had. I was able to get matchup predictions out for everybody. So yay me. Um, I can't say that they were always right, but hey, they're based on statistics. So when you guys come out of nowhere and get your big upsets, that's great. Um, statistics can't predict that sort of thing. And that's just the way it is. But the beauty of the statistics is to show you what we expect so that when somebody does the unexpected, we can be even more appreciative of what you did. For you writers out there who like to send me little messages saying, ha ha, you didn't pick me, but I got my point. That's great. I'm super happy for you. You are moving the needle on the statistics. So that's great. Um, well, that's our episode for today. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Uh, thank you very much for listening and War Horses. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.